Hello, and welcome to Magic is Real, a podcast focused on exploring the fascinating world of near-death experiences, communication with spirit, and all things metaphysical and spiritual. The mission of this project is to share messages of hope and inspiration with others, and to spread the word that death is only an illusion. Thank you for being here with an open heart and mind. I wish you peace, light, and love always. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Magic is Real. I'm Shannon Torrance. And today I am speaking with my friend, Chris Keto. Hi, Chris. Hi, Shannon. Thank you for having me. Happy I'm Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Do you see that we both wore red? We did. We coordinated our outfits. Um, I am very honored and happy to have Chris with me today. Chris is a regular person who had a not so regular experience. When uh, his soul left his body during a health crisis, he experienced a near-death, what they call a near-death experience. Um, today, we are going to talk about that, but what we're having another kind of a conversation today. Um, I'm a medium and a developing medium, always growing, always learning. Um, and Chris also has, after this experience, became aware of his own abilities. So today I really want to talk to him about that. But first, I just would like to sort of get to know Chris and have you get to know Chris. He's a great guy. Chris, thank you for being here, first of all. Thank and you for that wonderful introduction. Thank you, Shannon. It's, it was a little rambling, but I want to, I'm really excited to get into this because you have a really interesting NDE, which I know you've shared on multiple shows you've been around for a while in the scene. And I really would like to know first about your background a little bit, uh, who you are, how you grew up, what your spiritual beliefs may have been that led you up to this spiritual path that you're on now. Absolutely. Uh, well, I grew up in Long Island, New York. I was the oldest of three boys and I played lacrosse and very normal upbringing and I was a lifeguard in the summer and I cut grass and really nothing out of the ordinary. Then I went to school in Connecticut and I studied business. And then from there, I went out to Los Angeles. I lived there for about nine years. And then currently I'm living in Tampa, Florida. Um, throughout those years, going looking back, and it's always easier when you can connect the dots going back. My relationship with you know, yourself and spirituality I, in the moment, you don't know so much, especially when you're younger in the teenage years, no one knows what spirituality really is. You can find a book or some memes and, and go from there. I don't even think there were memes really around in the early 2000s. Um, but I was, I, I loved my local crystal shop. I enjoyed crystals. And that's kind of how I would sum up spirituality from, let's just say, age 12 to 24. Uh, I was very open to the metaphysical world, spirituality, meditation, wasn't overboard with it, kind of went through because it, it was fun. It was, it was playful to me. And I understood. I said, okay, I, I, I get this. I understand the different philosophies. And I've always said spirituality is a, a buffet and you take what you like and a little bit more of this and what resonates with you. And at different points in your life, whatever you're looking to overcome or, or your challenges, you, you pull from that. It's not a one size fits all. And every individual needs to make their own path through that. You know, I've realized later on, but starting out, I would say I was 
fairly more spiritual than most people at that time in our culture and also um, you know, being a, 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 you know, a, a male, just spirituality tends to lend more towards females than males. Uh, so I was open. I remember I went to college and I brought a few crystals with me. I had some amethyst and rose quartz and had that. Um, and I, I do, that then led into deepening that belief and more in the spiritual journey. I had a, and we'll go into this, a, a, to answer that question, I had a near-death experience at the age of 24 due to a food allergy. I went into anaphylactic shock from a peanut. And in that moment, I suffocated to death. And fortunately, I was brought back. And I'm here now. I'm very fortunate I made a full medical recovery from that. There were challenges over the last, and this at end of this upcoming April, will be about 10 years. And it's been a full journey of integration and learning myself and deep, diving deep into spirituality and myself and growing in the integration has been a 10 year journey. It took me about seven and a half, eight years to fully open up and speak about this event publicly. Uh, for many years, I, I never discussed it. And it was brought up and I, I, I would not discuss it. And it was not a situation where I didn't feel that I had a community. I, I've been going to IANS events and had members of the International Association of Near-Death Studies and individuals like yourself that I could openly speak about it. I just was not able to from a, a comfortability level. And I also just, I really couldn't come out with the words. I just could literally not discuss it. Uh, it just, it was shut down immediately. So backing into the question you asked, I, I would say from my NDE, the spirituality shot up and that was either I was growing into myself. When you get into your early twenties, you get more interest, you have more opportunity in your teenage years. The last thing you're thinking about is spirituality and self-growth. You're just trying to go through high school and college and sports and whatever that may be. So there was more just growing up through my life normally, then the ND on top, I do think had a very much an amplifier, was an amplifying event, as well as may have already uncovered and pushed me along the spiritual journey and integration. Yeah, I, I relate so much. Uh, first of all, my mother is from Long Island. I grew up in Connecticut, in Westport, Connecticut. And uh, then I, um, well, then I ended up in California as well, as you know, because we've discussed this. Um, we have a, a similar trajectory, and then we both came back this way. But uh, not just that, but when I lived in Westport, grew up, there was this little like head shop kind of place, um, and they had crystals. And I was wearing the bells on my skirts and the um, crystals, but I don't think I even really attached any meaning to the crystals. I just felt so drawn to them and had them behind me on the bed and I would burn candles. It was all just very ritualistic. Um, and I wonder, uh, and you know what, I actually went to a dead show and with, when Jerry was still alive. So I think there was just a little bit of playing around with that feeling of just being free and um, kind of, I personally grew up in a, a very sort of waspy area and uh, a, lot of, a lot of wealth. And I think that was sort of just me the start of getting into that feeling of, wait, there's something inside me that's more than this. So I think that's really interesting um, just to hear about, about, about that, except it sounds like you were more in depth with it. So tell me after you had your near-death experience, which if anyone wants to hear the details, you can look up Chris. He's done so many interviews and in-depth about his, the details. It's a really interesting story. Um, when was it that you 
I'm sh- I wonder if it was immediate after you came back, did you start to notice that your senses were heightened? Absolutely. So there were so many uh, moments after the NDE, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, of my body changing. You know, the first six months after, I, I always say in my other videos, I woke up and I was putting myself back together. My consciousness shifted. I was very fortunate since I was 14. So for about the last 20 years, I've been keeping a journal. And I journaled during the entire NDE and still up until this day. And I wrote several times during that six month period, at, immediately after the near death experience that my consciousness shifted. I didn't know where it shifted. I, I was still very much lost and putting the pieces back together. And for several months after my NDE, I did not know what an NDE was or what even happened. I was just kind of really going blind and, and putting, trying to put the pieces back together and not even knowing what the puzzle, what, what even happened. Um, but to answer that question, I always felt very intuitive growing up. The furthest back, I would say, is probably in my mid to late teens. I had a strong sense of being able to understand people in layman's terms or really just kind of like, all right, I think this will work out. And I had a, you know, I'm an old soul to begin with. So just a sense of, I would say, like, you have a pretty strong intuition is what I would say. Um, Not knowing really what that meant. That was just kind of the language I use because language can be very limiting when we're talking in this space of, of spirituality and self and and uh, mediumship and psychic ability, all of that. So language can be very subjective. Um, so the best language I could use in that moment was I, I, would, I would describe myself as fairly intuitive um, up until that point. Never would have considered myself a medium or a psychic, just saying, oh, I'm pretty intuitive and I can kind of figure some things out or I get a read on it or yeah, I'm a little, you know, I can feel the energy or I don't like this or it's making me uncomfortable. More sensitive than most. You know, you've been in situations where some people don't feel anything and you might feel a little bit more. Uh, so that's how I would describe pre-NDE. Uh, necessarily make decisions and focus on intuition or grounding out. There was no practice. It was just kind of a, I feel it, I don't, but it wasn't conscious on my behalf. After my near-death experience, I feel as if almost the roof got ripped off the house, like in a hurricane. And from there, I became highly sensitive energetically. And that would be everything from uh, smells, senses, perfumes, energy, energy in a crowd, people picking up on vibration, all of that, that entire wheelhouse. And a lot of the integration since that moment now has really been how to balance that, how to ground out, how not to get exhausted from that. Because it is a lot. It's a tremendous amount being so open spiritually and and, and psychically and energetically that it's absolutely exhausting. I'm sure you've had this conversation with with many others. Mm -hmm. So that's been part of the integration. So there's not, I, I would say, and then it slowly crept up. And then I can pinpoint to one moment, I was in a meditation class and I was in a deep meditation and I really just was starting to just drop in. I was actually meditating. I had a membership in Venice, California. We love Mm -hmm. Venice, don't we? And I was going weekly to meditation classes. And the first time I really ever did it, you know, every couple times a week, I was there every seven o'clock, every eight o'clock, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I was really getting, really flexing that muscle and I would really, I would drop in very quickly. And even now I can drop in 
instantly with any meditation or grounding. And it took a lot of practice and a lot of hours. And when I did that, there was one night where I just kind of, the, the windows opened and, you know, I just heard, heard and it just came in on like the audio of mediumship of spirit. And that's when I was like, okay, whoa, this was like loud and clear. We dropped in, we, we went to another level and I didn't really share it with anybody, just my family. So what I would do is I would just then send emails and just kind of put in bullet points for each person, what came in, or, you know, I'd read, read like my grandparents would come in. I'd read from them, grandmothers, grandfathers. They would sometimes ask questions. And then next week I'd say, all right, I'll, you know, I'll go into it. And that's, that's really how it started. It just kind of happened one night. And then we kept, you know, working that muscle and, you know, mediumship and psychic ability and, and empath, their skills. And there's something that you can practice and train and develop and hone and clarify. And, and that's really what started that journey. It just happened. I wasn't looking for it and boom, it hit. And then I was like, all right, I, I can work with this. And um, that's, yeah. that's where it started. And that, thank you for sharing all of that. What I know people often ask is, because mediumship is so interesting. It's like, as I studied more and more, once I found out that we're all mediums, we just have to either believe it and choose it. And some are stronger than others. Some are born with more of a natural uh, capacity to do it, but we all have the capability of doing it to some degree. But I think what a lot of people don't understand or know, and even I was a little bit surprised by is, in practicing it, that it isn't like you'd think. Some people do see spirit with their naked eye and they say, I see your, you know, uncle standing there. But for some, it's more of just a knowing. Like for me, when I'm reading, it's it's typically a mix of claircognizance, which is just, I don't know how I know this, but I do, mixed with clairvoyance for me is very strong. And mm -hmm. then hearing, although it's not actually hearing a sound in your ear, it's for me hearing my own voice, but it just comes in at a different frequency. It just feels a little bit different. So I know people will ask, and I'm curious to know when that first happened for you, you're in meditation, therefore your brain waves are in a more receptive state. How did you know it was spirit? What did it feel like in your body? How did the thoughts and ideas come to you? Yeah. So in that moment, I'll, Knowing what I know now, I can explain that better because I know with certain spirits or that are always around and certain guides or past family members that communicate, I can tell where they come in energetically, whether it's the front, a side, a right. I know what lineage of its mother, father, grandfather. So I'm familiar at this point with how they communicate and how it drops in. And the best way I can describe the how it works is if someone lost is can't find their keys or their wallet in their home and then they're like oh there it is that's what it's like I just it just drops in and that's the best way at language wise I can describe it with regards if I was seeing across from someone and they were, I was doing a reading or for myself if I was grounding out and pulling in information or trying to figure it out it, it drops in that's yep. that's my strongest Claire my second strongest would probably be I can get images 
And then over time, you build up your own picture book of what something means. You know, for example, I have very clear if I if I'm, I'm reading with someone or working with someone, or I get the idea of a, a dead tree branch means it's over, it's done, the career's over, the relationship's over. I have a dead tree branch. If something is steady, boring, sustainable, I get a mailman. Because I oh, relate that to like a postal worker job for 30 years. You just go in, get out, you retire. That's what it is. So I have a picture book in my head of different also images or readings I can put together um, and, and really kind of feel through that. So it's ever evolving and over years of, of doing this and reading, I'm sure you know uh, that you, you grow that more and more and you're more sensitive to it and you, you understand also how to work with it and how to work with spirit. There's so much you can how you ask, you need more clarification or little tips and tricks on how to read. And sometimes you, you could drop right in and some people are extremely easy to read. Others, you can't so much. And then yeah. there's ones that you're reading, 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 and you're getting no, no, no. And then you find out a week later that everything you said was correct, but they just actually didn't know. And I'm guilty of that too. I've had readings where I listen, I, I just don't know if that's right. And then I ask my, my parents and they'll say, oh yeah, that is true. And this is this. A lot of times people just don't know because it's not something that's, you know, I might be pulling in a relative or a family or something and they may not remember, but if they ask a parent or a sister or a brother, they say, oh yeah, that is true. You just don't remember or you didn't know you were too young um, with that. Yeah. Now I know that you don't currently work as a medium. You have a business. Um and a non-spiritual business, um, but that you enjoy very much. And so how, what are the different ways in which you, Chris, choose to use these abilities? How do these abilities help you in your life, in your work, in your connections with other people? Anything you'd like to share about that would be great. Absolutely. So just to show the contrast, my, my business, I own a health insurance agency that focuses specifically on government sponsored and state sponsored healthcare. So we would handle everything from Medicare, Medicaid, marketplace insurance, or any sort of state benefits such as food stamp, welfare, enrollment, or low income subsidies. So we are on the far spectrum of anything that is not even remotely spiritual, or even within that field, it's very just black and white, that business engaging with the public uh, in, in that sense. So really, I want to show that contrast of, of what, my, my, what, I, what I do daily. Uh, great question, how I work with spirit, we'll say for myself. I, I do not read for, uh, for money. Um, I've been asked several times. I don't. I always refer it out. It's not something I feel called to do, to read mediumship or psychic. How I do use my ability and skill in a personal and professional sense for myself, business sense is any, in everything I do, I run it through the lens of intuition, no matter what. So you run it through a financial lens, a strategic lens in business. My degree is in business, so I went to business school. So I have all of that. And then on top, the umbrella is the mediumship and psychic ability and the ability to read situations, people, and matching. So examples of that might be I work with many charities, philanthropies, government organizations, and private organizations that serve the public. I, I connect a lot of people, moving them around. Example would be, I would feel who I work with on my side, who's best to match on that side. 
what's a best way to prospect, what's the best way to communicate, sitting one-on-one -on -one with someone, I can intuitively feel what a hesitancy might be or what they, what, what they need to hear so they're okay. And I can read the energy. I can really address before they even verbalize what they need to hear or what they really need or the best way to help this individual or business. I work with a lot of small businesses under 50 employees for their healthcare. And being able to blend my energy with that individual and connect whoever that may be. That may be a business owner that has 40 employees that's been in business for decades. That might be someone that is 19 years old and out on their own, never done this or whoever it is. But it's given me the ability to be relatable and understand the other person and blend the energy and address whatever that is. That's a, that's a very good example of what I would do daily. Um, also using the psychic, my psychic ability or mediumship ability is really to focus and ground in when I'm making decisions on what I'm going to do and if it'll work, do I feel it will work? Am I thinking consciously what it is or is it ego and what I want? Oh yeah, this will work great. Well, what's the reality? So I, I like to incorporate, I always say mediumship, intuition, psychic ability is a tool. They're all tools. And in my briefcase, I have a bunch of tools. I have all these tools. I will pull out all of them whenever I need it and try and use all of them and look at whatever the situation is in the business world and make the best decision practically, logically, and then also we'll sprinkle in some psychic intuition and all of that. And, you know, we'll break out the pendulum every once in a while yeah. <laughs> if we have to. So we, we do all of that and I, I'm very flexible with it. And I also feel having that ability of the intuition and those skills really helps in all decision-making, even within my personal life. I, I can read people very quickly, situations, if they're healthy, if they're not healthy, if they're safe walking down the street, things I need to avoid, something I should do, if I should avoid a problem, whatever it might be. Um, everything from the most mundane of grabbing a rain jacket, leaving, even though it's perfect weather out. And I'm like, you know what, it's going to rain. And you know what it does? It just, but I had it to, you know, I'm trying to think of a more significant example of avoiding something I can at the moment, but really because it's just been worked into my daily thought process and really working on that to, to leverage that skill as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. You made such a great case for why it's beneficial for everyone to uh, work on developing their intuition, even if they don't want to be a medium or a psychic, if it isn't their calling. Um, but from what I understand and believe, we all are intuitive. We all are quote unquote mediums in the sense that we all have the ability to communicate with the other side, to receive messages from the other side and guidance. But I just got, ooh, <laughs> validation of spirit was like, just, yeah. it was like a waterfall over my head just yeah. now. So, um, and I a thousand percent agree with that statement. Yeah. And the biggest hurdle for any individual that is looking to develop that more or understand it is themselves. The main one is they don't believe it. They think it's nonsense, so on and so forth. That's the biggest hurdle. If the individual gets in their own way, that's, that's right. what I've experienced with other, with, with, with people.
Or Me if you too. said this to everyone, that that's it, that, you know, they have it and they could say, well, you know, what's this like a 1-800 ad psychic? No, there's evidential evidence-based mediumship. That's what mm -hmm. I, I agree with. I'm not going, you know, I'm going to be very specific in what I talk about and I'm going to have evidence and we're going to, you know, go into it. And, you know, everyone has their own perspective. And I also think there's a lot of fear Absolutely. with that as well. I think there's the ego in that they don't believe it. And there's also a lot of fear. Some people don't want to know. Some people don't want to open up that door for whatever reason it may be. Past trauma, uh, being afraid or whatever it is. But that's what I've seen seen out there generally. Speaking. Me too. And I have uh, a friend of mine is a good example because he's, I think it's some people are afraid to believe because they don't want to be, they don't, they're afraid to hope. They're afraid to be let down. And I mentioned my friend because he's an atheist, but he's always like, well, what if I did get a reading? I would just, you know, mess with the, with the medium to see if it was real. And I said, well, you know, you kind of have to be vulnerable and open and I know he wants it to be real, but he's just too, he doesn't want to be made a fool of a kind of thing. So I think people also, not only are, is there fear of the unknown, um, but there's also fear sometimes of what if I dare to, to believe in this and I'm let down. Um, and so there's so many reasons why, um, and simply sometimes they just think it's, I used to be an atheist. So I, I get it. It's like, that can't be real within the, within the framework of what I understand. But on that topic, um, I think it's really interesting because most NDEers that I have spoken with have shared that after their NDE, they have developed either mediumship abilities, psychic abilities, uh, just heightened intuition in general. And it's my belief too, that all that really does is when you're, when you have a near death experience, you're, you are reacquainted with who you really are, which is a soul. You remember your soul remembers who it is. And therefore it remembers how to be one with that dimension of reality for one. Um, but I'd love to hear your idea about why that happened for you and why you think it happens in general the the development or the understanding of, of psychic abilities yeah you... I, I, as a result of having been sort of woken up hmm. by an nde yeah. that's a great question um where i'm at now to answer that there's several ways i look at that was this skill always within me and I was just growing into it and I would have stumbled across it anyhow, anyhow in my early 20s. Was it always at a certain level and then the NDE brought it up and increased it more than I could have ever increased it with training, practice and coaching? Or was it capped and then the NDE brought it up? I don't know that answer because any one of those is plausible and I can't really check. So going off that, I'm happy where I am now, but I look at it, those were the three possible ways of how this worked. Because my NDE was when I was young, I was 24 when it happened. So if I was a bit older and nothing happened prior, I'd say, okay, we don't know. But then a lot of mediumship, you have it when you're a child and psychic ability, then maybe it lays dormant, then it comes up and then something happens. Or then when, you know, spirit says it's right, okay, you're back in it and the timing of your rights life because you can focus and you can kind of open it up and whatever. I mean, there's so many intangible factors and moments 
in someone's life or them having this ability or them really just, hey, maybe they just started meditating for the first time in 35 years and it dropped in or they were finally open and they allowed it to happen and they weren't afraid or against it because their mind was occupied with something else. So I don't know that answer. Um, I can't point to anything, but I'm open and I'm happy where I am in the journey I went on with that. But I do feel the NDE had an absolute factor in this for myself. It completely changed my consciousness, my essence, my being, my life path, everything was completely changed. So of course, I'm going to add in the psychic mediumship and, and increasing that intuition significantly um, with that. So it absolutely had an effect. To what extent, I don't know. And at what point would it have happened? But it was an absolute major factor. And those are traits of people, of individuals that have had spiritually transformative experiences and near-death experiences have walked away with this ability. Um, and to what extent they have the ability could be very person to person, as well as how much work they've done. I've, I've trained one-on-one, I've taken classes, I enjoy it, it's fun, I'm open to it, I have dialogue with spirit. You know, if someone doesn't want it, it'll shut down. You know, people can suppress. I've met many, many psychics and mediums that suppressed their ability for years, whether it be family, themselves, they were afraid, they were whatever way they had that open connection with spirit and energy. So there's so many factors. And that's what makes it so fascinating because everyone, and you know, like you and I, we, we have similar, same abilities of mediumship, but our stories are very different. Mm-hmm. Our backgrounds are very different. How we got to that point is totally different. And that's across anyone you interview or, you know, we spoke earlier, we have many mutual friends we've worked with and spoken with, and everyone's different on that. Um, so I, I, I focus now on growing that sharpening that skill, evolving that, how else can I help and having fun with it. I, I, I join local groups where we do readings and classes and I have fun. It's, it's, I don't know if the right language is it's a game, but it's, it's interactive for me and it's fun to do. And I love the moment of being like, wow, I, like I was on fire. I totally got that. Like, whoa, like I still love surprising myself. And I love learning little things. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize this. Or like, I realized something. And then I know would have known in the past how not to verbalize it. Because so many times as a medium or psychic, you, you have information, but you don't know how to verbalize it to the person you're with that makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. And that's really, that's tough. And you're like, All right, let me ask again, let me try this. Then you develop your own style and skill. And then that's when you're reading one-on-one with someone. Then you take those abilities and you put it into your everyday life with anything and everything. Simply, you know, what, what shirt should I wear? Or how should I order something? Or what size should I get on a shirt if you're ordering online? I mean, you can play this game with, I don't use the word game as a placeholder. Yeah. You could use this skill in any way or something very major of, hey, is this person I should, should I continue dating this person? Should I move in with this person and, and really sit there with the energy and, and for, for, you know, push out you know, the conscious awake mind and also ego in that as well. So there's, there's so much to discuss and, and talk about in, in, within you know, mediumship and psychic abilities that does correlate back to near-death experiences. You know, that is a major trait of anyone that's had that. Yeah, I have, hmm, I'm trying to think of what to ask first. Uh, I'm going to save one for later, but for right now, one of the other thoughts that I'd love to hear, 
the other thoughts that I've had that I'd love to hear your thoughts on is that a lot of people who have had near-death experiences, it feels as though they, well, so they grew, right. So they, when they were younger, they did have these uh, knowings or abilities or experiences that were very spiritual. Uh, and I know the way you described your heightened sense of sensitivity. I was born a highly sensitive person to the point where I was put in therapy at age two because I shut down because I couldn't handle everything that was coming at me. And I became elective mute because I was just like mm. everything. They thought I was autistic at first um, because I just, I was extremely bright, but just couldn't cope with the anxiety of overstimulation. And so I just decided that if I stopped speaking, everyone would just leave me alone. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. And I could kind of curl myself up in a little ball of a little world. And so, and now I look back and I'm like, that makes so much sense because I was receiving so much stuff all the time. And also I now remember I start, I'm starting to go, I remember that I had an invisible friend that my I called him no man. And my, and then I remember seeing this old man walking down the driveway in like a top hat. And, but I thought I was hallucinating. Later in life, I'm like, I was just hallucinating because I had the chicken pox or something and everything was written off. So most people I know that have had near-death experiences and not all had something happen in their childhood. And then it's like they had this near-death experience to sort of go, hey, are you not getting it? <laughs> Do I need to like take you there and show you? Not so much in that, you know, with that attitude, but um, hey, we're reminding you of who you are. And some people have had two near-death experiences or three because they still weren't quite doing the work they were supposed to be doing. And a lot of them have heard, you need to go back and teach this or you're a medium or something of that nature. Um, and so I do wonder too, is it the chicken or the egg? Like, does the near-death experience just reignite that or do you think I think everyone's different but in your case do you feel like you were given uh this near-death experience as part of your journey um on purpose or you know from the spiritual perspective or uh, th that's a great yeah. question I've 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 asked myself that question I've also asked that question to other psychics and mediums I've worked with yeah and I've looked at it through many different spiritual lenses I don't know the answer because I've had yes and no's across the board. So it's inconclusive also because I feel it's kind of inconclusive in the way I look at it and what sits the most comfortable with me. Well, first of all, back up to that, there was never a moment younger that I had, you know, something like you were, I wish I, I, I shut down or I didn't, I didn't have a defining spiritual moment or anything like that when I was younger. Going back to the idea, was the NDE something that was always supposed to happen to change my course in life or did something else? Or was it a random act in a random split second moment of me swallowing a peanut on a Sunday evening at a birthday party out of a piece of cake? Because that's all it was. It was a split second in my life completely changed. I don't know. Then there's other split seconds. In my story, you know, you, there, there's information out there you know, I drove myself to the hospital. What if I was five minutes late? What if I didn't? What if I used the EpiPen I had that was expired? There are so many what ifs. And I can exhaust myself looking at it. Well, was my whole journey to get to the point where I was going to die? Could I have gone there sooner? Could I have this have happened and I should have done this? I don't, I, I don't know. It, it, 
I don't have that answer. And I don't know if I need to know that answer, to be honest with you. And I'm okay not knowing that because I know I'm here and I know I was given a second chance to live. And I know what I have to do from that and here on out. So if that was the universe saying at 24, you're on the wrong path, or we need to, this was already predetermined that we need to change things. Okay. I mean, I wish they would have maybe done it a little less violent. (laughs) You know, there are other ways. I mean, I could have been at a nice yoga studio or a retreat in Bali that I (laughs) I had to suffocate to death in a hospital bed. And that's what happened. So my NDE was not anything enjoyable. It was awful. It was violent, suffocating to death, uh, frightening. And, you know, there was a lot of physical trauma as well being, you know, revived and the chemicals and everything and, and scraping and fighting to breathe. So I had a very, very violent NDE. And, you know, we, there's always this Oprah moment of, oh, it's all wonderful and rainbows and unicorns and light and love. And there were moments of that but also 99% of it was absolutely awful, painful, frightening, suffocating to death, being aware that I was suffocating to death and that I was dying. So it was a very violent, traumatic moment. And it took me years to even discuss it. So I, and you know, maybe that was needed. I I don't know. I, I trust the universe in that. And the universe brought me back and I walked out of that hospital when I absolutely in 199 out of 100 times, I should have been dead. But yeah. I walked and there were there were individuals that have had anaphylactic reactions like I have and they had they did not. They passed away. And I know people that over the years that that's happened to and I've seen. Um, so I'm, I'm reminded of that and I'm very fortunate. So I don't know the universe. Do we ever really know what the universe does or the intention behind it? I we don't. And I don't know if we ever really need to know. But I know that I do my best every day to grow individually. And I'm in a line of work that I know I can tell every individual I went to business school with that was focused on money and material things. This is what I'm doing as a business. And they, they, Hey, that's a great business. And I can also tell everyone that I went to sweat lodges with meditation circles, Kabbalah, anyone within the holistic community of how I serve community by doing all benefit enrollment and government state sponsored benefits for individuals that they would support that as well. And I think that's really, I'm really proud of that. And I don't know if I would have done that prior to my NDE, have a focus on community and sharing and specifically being a business that's geared towards helping people and that's it. I, there's no other health insurance agency I know of that runs a business and a design like mine with regards to offering only government and state benefits for healthcare and serving others, as well as offering all these other state benefits that uh, we enroll that we don't get paid on. That's our service to com- community and individuals and families. So I'm really proud of that. that that's something I'm, I'm really proud of because I, I don't think you can get for you. You can't get the Wall Street Gordon Gecko types, and then the types that are you know the very spiritual, grounded Earth hippie. I always say I'm a capitalist hippie, but to have both of them proof of what you're doing day in as the life to build career and community, I think that's really special. And I I do feel that that came from my near death experience. 
because prior to that and what I was doing when I first had my NDE, I was in real estate and there was no sense of community or helping others that was non-existent, yeah. didn't exist. And that and, is you and, doing your part. Yeah. Your immediate, you don't have to be a medium to, as you said, you know, you're being of service in a way that really matters in your yeah, field. And, and I, I feel that was part of the NDE. And going back to your question of what the universe wanted, maybe that was a way to get me to pay attention. I don't know. But I, I know that they wanted me to do something and I know what I have to do. And I, I also can feel that this is, I'm, I'm on purpose and your know, spirits behind it. And to feel that I know I'm walking the right way and I'm having the right consciousness in what I'm doing. So to answer your question, I, I, to bring it back and ground it out. I just, I just say what spirit call me to do. Right. And that's how I feel. it, And I, that's still very grounded in my day to day and spirit. I'm going to say that big, you know, asteroid hitting, that's kind of like the image I got of when everything changed. That's like, that just dropped in the second was the NDE. And that's where we restarted. So that's kind of like the analogy I'm getting. The asteroid hits and then like it's reborn from there. And hey, we're going to have a different trajectory at this point. Yeah. And that's how I look at it. It sounds like you were already on a great path. It wasn't like you were messing up your life or anything or had your values out of line. But I think it is wonderful that whether it was intentional or not, that it's sort of infusing that spirituality into corporate capitalist culture, even though what you're doing is actually for the benefit of human beings, providing healthcare to people um, who may not have it otherwise and that sort of thing. But it is nice. Um, as a business person, we often have the stereotype of the, the business person who cares only about money and bottom line. Which and, is true. A yeah. lot of businesses are. That's, I would say, most. <laughs> yeah, which is just, that, you know, that's the way it is. And of course, why would we, we do, we do have to make a living. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it is so nice that there are people like you within that, that do care about people and community. Uh, you had also mentioned about how you, while you're not on the path of becoming a medium for living or anything like that, that you're still working on developing these skills, um, as am I all the time and doing circles. I love that. It's so, it is so much fun, um, especially to do in a low pressure environment, uh, when you're not getting paid, which is something I've talked about on the podcast, which is, um, sometimes it can feel strange to take money for something, um, like that just personally, it's not a judgment, but, uh, I know that people also have an interest in well, how can I develop those skills? What ways can we develop our intuition, our connection with spirit? What would you say to that? Well, I think there's several ways to answer that question. My first and direct response to that would be find a local circle. Yeah. Find a local circle that, you know, they're Wednesdays at seven o'clock and they break out 10 folding chairs. <laughs> that's it i mean you you know to get great at being a mediumship or psychic you got to do it it's like anything else you play a sport how do you get great at it? you play the sport so that's the first advice for anyone find those local local circles and now with the internet i mean you could put in anything and find events meetups go to your local crystal shop they might have classes if not i always say they might know someone because that's really a great hub those are centers of information they might say hey so-and-so has it uh, so I would look at that. And then I would also see if the, if those options, nothing came out of those options, 
you know, look for mediums and psychics out there and say, hey, are you offering training courses? Are you offering, instead of doing a reading for an hour, can we, can you show me some skills and can we play around for an hour or whatever that may be? And there are plenty of people out there and they're easier than ever to find with the internet, Google, Facebook, all of that. But I, you know, and the best part is you start at your local crystal shop. That's where they all hang out. That's <laughs> a good idea. Funny. They all do. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I've just, because my training has all been during in the last two years. And so oh, it's okay. all been done online. And even I've now never I haven't. Did anything online. Wow. It's funny. Cause now I think, what if I have to give a reading in person? It's going to feel so weird. Even though I do them by zoom all the time, it feels different somehow. Oh, it's very different. It's, it's fun because you're really, I mean, you can pick up the energy. I mean, I can, I can pick up someone's energy just by texting with them. Or yeah. I'm also very good if I have someone's personal item, like I, you know, for instance, here's something that's so neat, not to go off tangent, but when you're in these groups and you can play games and it's fun because everyone will put in an item in a bag and you just pull out the item and you don't know who put it in. And then you sit there and you play games or read the item. And you can read that person's energy and then you shift. And then if you're there working with the lead psychic medium or, the, or the, the, the host of the event, they can give feedback. Hey, ask this way, ask that way. And then that's the best way to learn because you're in the middle of a reading, having fun and I'm not getting it. Try this way, try that way. Hey, back up, back in, you'll get it. Okay, great. You get it. And you got this and you get a little bit better. So that's where I would go with all this. And I, I have such a blast. And I think I tell you this, I gone in, I've gone in. I'm a little bit more experienced than most people now going in, but I see people that have never done this before. And it's so great to see people that said, Hey, you know, I'm just interested. And I just want to try this. I don't know. And I don't really know why I'm here and they get in it. And it's really great to watch them like try. And they usually people get it. So anyone that is listening, that is hesitant or, Oh, I'm not going to get anything. I'm going to look stupid. No, that's not the case. Like go in there and get it. There's no judgment. We're playing. And a lot of people forget to play and you can't be wrong. Yeah, the information might not be correct, but you know what? You might you know, not do well at all. And then the next week you might just knock it out of the park for some reason, because the person you're reading is better, or you finally just learn to relax and let go of the ego and let go of like trying to look stupid. Cause that's the biggest issue people have. And they're trying to pull something in and they're not like, stop, relax, let's back into it and trust yourself. And they, you know, how many times have you worked with someone? They said, oh, I, I was thinking that, but I didn't say it. Well, yeah. here you say it. That's what we're doing. It's okay to be wrong or play with it. So I, I would I would advise everyone to do it. It's fun. You learn about yourself. You gain some confidence and it's enjoyable. Again, if you're okay. Some people we discussed earlier, that's not in their wheelhouse and that's absolutely fine. It's, you have to always do what you're comfortable with doing. Yeah, in fact, that's how I learned. I mean, I had always followed mediums, didn't know that I was capable of it, and then started reading books that said you can, and studied with Medium Fleur in LA, and went to, had never done it before, went to her workshop. She led us through a meditation, and all of a sudden, I felt my soul moving in my body. It was so weird. It was almost like it was <laughs> around my body. So it was the deepest I've ever gone into, and then she just paired us off and blindfolded us, so you don't know who you're reading, and she'd say, all right, what does this person do for a living? And I just remember every, everyone I sat with, I was picking up information. And I left there like, I've never done this before. And I said, I see Ikea furniture and I see Peace Corps. And the woman said, I build, I build furniture for a nonprofit that it's not Peace Corps, but it's something about helping international countries in poverty 
Um, she's like, I build furniture to help. It's it's something. It's so neat, right? And, and I was how, like, how, how did I know that? How awesome did it feel walking out of there? I called my mom and was I was like, I walked home and I was like, oh my gosh. And then this happened and this happened. And I saw dream catchers. And she said she has dream catchers all over her. We did a remote viewing where I was able to say what her house looked like. And it's incredible that you don't even realize that we can all do this. We just don't, you have to believe that you, you, I think the first step is you have to believe that you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's and, cool. and, you know, you don't, we're not telling everyone to go out and be mediums and read right. and go on talk shows, but who doesn't want to have a better ability at critical thinking or intuition in their life daily? Yes. That's what it is too. It's practical. It just helps make life better to make decisions and making better decisions in life. Your life will be better on a dating level a personal level, business, should I take this job? Should I not take this job? Whatever it may be. Yeah, and that's, and I think that's what I want to impart on any listener is we're not asking you to go on, you know, Sylvia Brown and be on Montel or be the Long Island medium and with the nails and the hair and she's yap, yap, yap. Um, but hey, what if you could make better decisions? What if your critical thinking was a bit better? What if you felt into it and you said, hey, you know what? Maybe I should do this. Or, you know, I got two different job offers. Which one should I take? I think you would want to be in the best. I think everyone would want to be in the best position to make the best decision for themselves and those around them that they love and they want to help. And that's what I feel the best message of telling someone about mediumship, psychability, or intuition is that everyone can do this. Everyone's going to have a different degree. Everyone can play basketball. Not everyone's going to go to the NBA. But a little bit can really help a lot. And there's no reason you shouldn't just work with it a bit because it could help in all areas of your life. Yes. And I also, would you agree? I, I just find that since I've been on this path, I don't, I have so much less anxiety because I'm able to trust more in the universe and know that it's all, I, I never as a younger person really believed in it happens for a reason. But in, and I, we have free will, but I think waking up every day with the knowledge that I'm not alone in this, that I have guides and I have uh, a path that I'm on. And there, I, I, once I learn to tap into my intuition, I'm less likely to do things that are, are not the wisest choices. It's just sort of getting out of my ego and going mm -hmm. more into intuition. And I think that's sort of what you're illustrating is it's not just so you can become spiritual. It's not so you can give readings. It's just in general, getting in touch with our true selves. Because when we think with our ego, we tend not to do as well in life generally. No, I, I don't think I, I have yet to come across any individual that said being more grounded, authentic, uh, oh, uh, let's just say that though I can keep yeah. going down the list and said that has not helped their life being able to think more clearly being able to be grounded and spiritually open they've said you know I just I'm more grounded my life's falling apart <laughs> it's never happened Shannon. yeah so that's and that all it all is interconnected too um you know those skills and that ability and that mindfulness you know we're all chasing I mean I'm a, I mean, what's a billion dollar industry for mind, mind, mindfulness now? And we're decluttering homes to get to mindfulness. And that's part of it too. 
but also working on yours. No one's ever done spiritual work on their self and said, you know what? I've done all this work and my life's worse now. It's right. not happened. It has not happened. Yeah. And along those lines, uh, how would you say if someone, if I asked you, how has having had this near-death experience changed you? You've, you've said a lot, but how would you answer that if that were the question that I just asked you now? You know, what's coming to mind right now when you ask that, I mean, I could answer that 101 ways. But what I feel to give the best, like, one line of how it's changed me, it's put everything in perspective in life, having have gone to the edge of death, opened that door, looked around, and then came back. So no matter whatever happens from this moment till the end, I've been there. There's no fear. I've been there. I've suffocated to death alone. Like what could really challenge me now? I've been there. That, that's it. I've been pushed to the absolute extreme breaking point and broke a little bit and then came back. That's, 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 and that's like that baseline of where I kind of opt. Now that don't get me wrong. There are things that get me aggravated during the day, like everyone else, of course, but I can pull it back in and there's the overarching arch of my life and understanding. And it, it helps put perspective on everything. And I value experiences. I value people. I value moments a lot more than I think most people do. Not that I'm judging or comparing, but I make that in my life above any and all things. And the NDE had a lot to do with it. Having, having been put in that very difficult situation has, you know, I, you know, I could say it was a blessing. I mean, sure. Uh, you know, again, language is so subjective, but it was a lot of work and it was a very difficult, daunting, lonely, frustrating journey that I'm still on. It, you know, the first seven years were a mess. The first year or two was an absolute disaster. You know, there wasn't always these wonderful Oprah moments. It, it was a lot of trial by fire and a lot of just a lot of, a lot of problems. And I'm fortunate to be here and I'm very grateful as well. Having that, having that real understanding of gratitude. Not, oh, I took a weekend course and I understand gratitude and it's a little postcard and I keep it on my refrigerator, but knowing, yeah, I really should have passed away or other people in my situation are severely handicapped and or have passed away. And I walked out and I would say this, if, if anything, it gives me a massive purpose in my life. And that is so beautiful because I see people that don't have purpose and life is not the same. It is not the same to wake up and really feel there's purpose and to sink your teeth into something and know you're doing something above yourself and it just you're on a path and a mission whether that's just my wiring I was always very ambitious and go-getting but I feel it more now and just that again it's that sense a real sense of purpose and it's not like you read a book and you get it but it's there's this this internal flame and you know hey I should be dead but now I'm not and I have to go back and this is my mission that's another level of 
tenacity and living with life and putting yourself out there in all aspects of your life. And again, not to say every day I'm perfect and I don't get angry and I don't get frustrated with people. I absolutely do. Um, I'm not saying that's right, but it it's happens. Human. It's called the world. It's human interaction with human beings. There's good days, bad days. There's all a mix, but the arch is like this of helping right. others, moving things along. I mean, all of that may be, but I would say it really gave a purpose beyond anything I, I think I could have ever come across for me, at least, or at least in my life story at this point, everything's subject to change. Things evolve, yeah. people evolve, circumstances change. And I'm very fortunate and I'm grateful. And those are, I say, the two strongest emotions. Gratitude really is um, so, so beautiful. Yes, I agree with you. I know that some one thing that a lot of people don't aren't aware of or don't talk about a lot is the reintegration after an NDE and the trauma that comes with that, because I think it's so romanticized a lot of the time. It sounds like this incredible trip for, for lack of a better word. And there is so much awesomeness about it, but a lot of people do come back feeling separated or isolated or some have PTSD from what it was that took them there. What do you have to say about that in terms of what was your experience with reintegrating? It sounds like obviously you've got this sense of greater purpose and peace now, but I know that it wasn't always, it's not an easy straight road to get there. Yeah, there were, there were many moments, uh, you know, other than the physical integration of healing back up after the traumatic experience and being hospitalized there was the mental, emotional, spiritual of, oh my God, what happened? I didn't know for months even what an NDE was and my consciousness shifting and a many, I mean, we're, we're, we're coming up on 10 years and we're still evolving. So that's a third of my life so far of that moment, still dealing with it. And two years ago, I started speaking very publicly and open about this. And it's really helped a lot. I've done that for two reasons. One, I've been, I've been fortunate enough to hire speakers that have really helped me. So I do it as a way of in service of others because there's something I say that might resonate with someone that might help them because it's a very deep and personal discussion to talk about near-death experiences, dying, spirituality, consciousness, and all of that. So I do this to help others and be of service because it's so niche. And this is not something you can just talk about with anyone anywhere. It's a very personal, private, and there's a lot of energy behind it. The other benefit is it's very healing for me to discuss it. Even this is very therapeutic for me to discuss what happened, the emotion, going through it and going on from there. You know, I look at back at some of it. Some of the moments were kind of funny, but, you know, they were real moments. There was times I, I had to speak with a food therapist because I thought I was afraid to eat a lot of food because I thought there were peanuts and nuts in it. I still now won't do that. I will not ever eat food on an airplane. Um, I don't eat food unless I touch it or go near it. I'm, you know, I'm allergic to all peanuts and tree nuts. So there's a lot. I remember one moment I made spaghetti and I felt there were nuts in it because I could smell the peanuts and I threw it all out. I threw out and there was, you know, there's no nuts and pasta and, you know, spaghetti, it's noodles. Uh, but that shows the severity of what it was, you know, I, you know, and how fragile life is. And I still deal with that. You know, there's, 
you know, I was at a, an event Saturday night and they had a tray of roasted peanuts. Like people are just eating them. Like I have a peanut, I'm dead in 20 minutes. Like it's all around. You check out of a grocery store and there's M&Ms, peanut M&Ms on, the, on the, the, the shelf right there. That's death to me. So it's all around. I learned to live with that and how fragile or, you know, or in having to be this super aware, you know, someone says, oh, here's a snack or here's this or, you know, and there have been several moments over the years where someone might, they, they fully know I'm allergic, but they may not know that this item has almonds in it or just it's every moment. So I've learned to, you know, I don't want to get off tangent, but there's that physical aspect of the NDE where I'm very rigid in what I eat and where I eat. I will not, I'm not at all a foodie. I, I have a very strict diet. I eat at specific places, only specific places. And, you know, anyone who's around me or with me knows that. And that's, there's like a, there's a, that's it. I'm very direct when it comes to that. I don't try foods. I can't try foods. Me trying foods could be I'm in the hospital. That's it. You know, airplane's a great example. I don't touch anything on an airplane. I'll drink ginger ale. That's it. Nothing else can be touched. I carry EpiPens wherever I am. I have Benadryl in my wallet. Uh, you know, so there's that aspect. I mean, I got a little off tangent, but going back into that integration of something I live with, it's, it's tough living with food allergies. There's all of that as well. Mm -hmm. Anyone with really severe food allergies understands that. I mean, I, I read, I have to read every single label. I usually read it twice to, to make sure I didn't miss anything. Even something that says it may contain or traces up, I won't touch it. Yeah, I mean, that speaks I can't to the- risk it. It, I can, there's no risking it. And it's just so fragile. I don't even like really thinking about it. Um, and I have procedures in place. So it, it's not even there's an opportunity for it to happen because I know what I'm eating every time. And I know where I'm eating. I know what I'm eating. I look at it. And, you know, I'll give you an example. This just came in real quick. I was at a spiritual event in Venice and it was a sound bath. And they had vendors out front and they had like CBD and they had, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is. We're making dream catchers. We got CBD. We're got this other elixir we're putting together. And there was a CBD cream. And he said, here, let me rub it on you. Or you could even do a dab on your tongue. And there was, and I said, what? and I just stopped. I was like, no, what's in it? And I said, let me see it. And it was made with almonds. Wow. And that was a hundred percent. I was like, Oh, pff, thanks spirit. Like spirit just was like, boom, hit me like a train. Like, don't touch it. And they would have never said anything. He wouldn't have thought of it, but it was an almond paste mixed with CBD. Then we're going to put it in my mouth. I would have been at Cedar Sinai yeah. hospital for my LA people. Um, yes. know what that is. So that was a moment where spirit, like, thank God I was intuitive. Like that came right in. And I was like, no, you wouldn't think that. Yeah. It's not something that's, that, but you, that's, that's you it. Exactly. You would never think. And then like, this is a Friday night. I'm at a sound bath with my friends. We got the little blanket set up and we got CBD lotion. Oh, you could put it on your tongue or right here. And it had, was made with almond paste to, as the way to, you know, mixed with the CBD. So that's it with everything, you know, that could be desserts, food, anything could have traces. So that's where that alertness comes from. And, you know, how intuition even helped me in that sense. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how many times it could have saved my life where I look at something and says, Hey, you want a snack or like, no, you want to eat this? No, you want to eat there? this? Or I'll look at something and 
I'm like, no, no. And that's, that's daily, not happening yeah. all the time, but those are moments in my life where I, I look, or I think, or I kind of think, and I'm like, no, I kind of feel, I want to use the word feel, but that's a very clear example of that sound bath with the almond paste. Yeah. And also how intuition, how important intuition is, um, because it's not unusual that you would have that. I'd call it a phobia, but it's not irrational. It actually is a survival mechanism. You have to do it for your own, for your own survival, but also it speaks to the trauma and how, yes, you had a near death experience and that part can, was beautiful for moments, but it doesn't mean that it negates the trauma of the pain and the suffering and the, the physical stuff that you went through and the fear. Um, it sounds terrifying. So it makes perfect sense that you would, you know, have that and, and, it, and my every NDE is so unique when you speak with people. Yeah. You have people that were in car accidents. They had the wrong medication. They had this, that. It's like a, it, it, it's so interesting. But my NDE is something that I have to engage with daily. It's eating. It wasn't like I was power. I was skydiving and my parachute opened improperly and I hit the ground. Yeah. You just avoid skydiving. Mine is we have to eat. Yeah, that's 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 what makes my NDE unique, not better or different than anyone else's, right. but everyone's that's something that's constantly. There's a constant alertness I have to have, and yeah. it's just become kind of normal, but it can be exhausting, it can be very frustrating traveling, I travel a good amount. Um, and there's, you know, I developed a lot of systems in place and procedures that I go through and that's it to, to make sure I'm okay, but that is a major concern, you know, people don't think about food like I have to yeah absolutely. or realizing little things like fast food is really safe like it's really safe for me to eat at McDonald's or Taco Bell as opposed to anywhere else yeah because it's standard food and I know where it is and what it is and it's not going to have high cross-contamination um, you know little things like I mean I have a hundred little tips like that that I have to run through that I know um, if I can't you know traveling or even being here or whatever it may be yeah um, I don't know if you'll have anything off the top of your head, so you might answer this generally, but can, do you have anything in terms of memorable experiences that you have had in regards to your abilities, communication with spirit, psychic intuition moments, that was one right there. Does anything stand out or generally what has been one of the most amazing things or amazing things that have happened as a result of having yeah so there's abilities. a few i'm gonna that to it um there are yeah. several i'm thinking of but they involve people and it's very personal but they have been phenomenal i don't know if that's right i don't know the right language but they have been deeply profound moments mediumship wise reading and they involve other people and i i yeah. i don't have permit i want to be respectful of that relationship but for myself they're really interesting moments you know, I'll say this, aside from some, the ones I discussed that I, 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 I can't go into, the everyday readings, when you sit there and you hammer it out, one, two, three, four, five, and that person's like, oh my God. And you're like, hey, you need to do this, this, and that. And you kind of walk away. You're like, wow, that was unbelievable. That, that's, that's so special. And that's just your everyday when you're doing the readings or you're in the group or the classes and you can have that interaction with someone and you watch them go, yeah, oh my God, that's right. Or yeah. And then I can energetically, I can tell like, they're like kind of shaken, like, oh my God, how did yeah. you, 
<laughs> you know, like I'm like, honey, I'm reading everything. Like I, I'm reading it. Like I'm still reading you now. <laughs> yeah. So having that, and then you know, the idea that hey, I know if someone did that for me, I'd be like, you know what, I'm going to do something with that information. Like thank you, and hoping that someone else takes that and you know they can make their life better. And you, you know, a random Tuesday night at seven o'clock in a dingy bookstore you sing there on folding chairs that aren't comfortable and you're reading and you say this this and that and that person takes that information does something really good or it gives them the confidence or the confirmation a lot of people just want confirmation in what they're doing and it helps someone I think that's really special that would be super super special um, yeah I love that but, answer but to yeah. answer the first part I mean there were moments where I've had mediumship readings where there have been people I've been with with where I have a relationship with them and someone in their life that has connected with and there have been messages there's some things also with my family that were really interesting um that I don't really want to go into nothing bad just you know I don't personally yeah. other people outside of me um and not just random people so I want to be respectful of that but you know you, you you're in this field as well anytime you can connect with someone and you have a really great connection it's really special. And I cherish that. It's, it's unique. Yeah. It, it's not something that always happens. And to have that and, you know, cause I've been there. I've, I've always, my family's always used psychics and mediums and that was normal growing up. Maybe should have mentioned that earlier. Just kind of forgot to say it. Yeah. So I was always very open to that. And I use them as well. Psychics go to psychics, mediums go to mediums. You know, that's, I do. that's it. So I, I, sometimes if I can't figure something out or I, I want to get out of my own way, I have, a laundry list of people that I think are fantastic across the country and outside the United States that I can call up to have to say, Hey, let's just knock this out. What do you think? This is what I'm thinking. And they're like, yep, do it or don't do it. You miss this or whatever it might be. And that that's really special to have that. network. I agree. That's actually what drew me to it in the first place is a having that connection with another person. It's a very intimate relationship that you develop from sitting with someone with their loved ones in spirit that you're just meeting for the first time, but you're able to share mm -hmm. the, you're sharing that they're, you're sharing that person's energy with someone else, which is so intimate. And also uh, just that feeling of being able to be of service in some way and telling, saying something to somebody that does shift their perspective or guide them on the right path. Even just, I remember reading someone and Immediately, I just kept hearing nurse, 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 nurse. And I just said, someone in your family, a nurse. And she said, I've been thinking about going to nursing school. And it just felt like, well, that's that seems to be a really good path for you because I see you doing that. Um, and it doesn't mean someone can do what they want. They can they have free will. They can make their own decisions. But it's really interesting to sort of validate what they already know. That's why I go to mediums. Some, it's mostly stuff I already know. I just like to have it validated. Someone else, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's nice hearing it from someone else. Uh, going forward, uh, I know that you also do speaking at conferences and all sorts of things, which I think is all wonderful as well. Um, what do you see? Your, I mean, I know you don't want to necessarily know your future, but what kind of future do you see for yourself? Well, I can answer it this way. For the foreseeable, uh, 
continuing to speak and grow and be open to opportunities and go from there. If someone said a few years ago, I'd be living in Florida doing what I'm doing now, I'd be like, oh my gosh, wow, I didn't have that planned. I'm, I'm open to wherever the universe brings me. With that being said, I'm going to wake up and do my best every day and work hard and challenge myself and grow. And out of that, everything will unfold where it needs to unfold. And I know the more I get out of my own way, the better things are, the right path I'm on. I've always joked and said, if I don't want to meet someone, the person I'm going to end up being with for years. Or if I don't want to do something, I just want to lay here. So I know to get out of my own way and I force myself to do it. And it's always something I should be doing. So I am as present and active in life and grateful. And I go after it every day. And the rest will take care of itself. That's it. You know, two years ago, we didn't really think COVID was going to hit. I mean, I had a feeling, I don't want to say I knew it, but I'm like, oh, this is going to be a big disaster. Um, but did we know to an extent how bad it would really be or what would shake out of it or what would come of it? Not necessarily, but there's only so much planning, but you have to win the day. And if you win the day, you win the week, and then it snowballs from there. So that's what I would, you know, that's how I look at it. And I'm open to wherever it brings me. I did, you know, two and a half years ago, I never spoke about my near death. Now I have, like in total, I, 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 there's at least half, over half a million views. And that's insane to think about it when I wouldn't even talk to a single person about it. Now there's half a million views and anyone can look me up on YouTube or Google and just see all the most intimate, detailed stories about my life and know things about me. I mean, <laughs> I really leave it out there. I mean, I just, that's what I think would also add to it. I'm like, listen, I'm pretty transparent. Like you could find everything you want on me. And I've had moments where people have like, oh, I've looked you up. And I'm like, all right, well, take it or leave it. <laughs> no, you're still here. You yeah. still like me. Um, so I, I think that adds to it as well. I, I don't really hide anything. I live as authentic and I'm, I, I like to think I'm very transparent. Um, so I think that also kind of lends to, to my life and how I live to really, you know, when you put yourself out there completely in a very vulnerable position and kind of roll with it. I mean, yeah. All right. Whatever. Like, okay. Is what it is. Don't read the comments. <laughs> That's right. the only advice I say. Um, some are good, a lot are bad, or whatever. But that's that doesn't really matter. Uh, but it is. It's kind of crazy. I was, you know, I was at a stadium. They had sixty-five thousand people here in Tampa, and I'm like, oh my god, like ten times this amount of people have seen my most intimate moments and stories <laughs> of like dying and coming back to life. I'm like, oh my god, right? It's crazy when you think about it, Shannon, isn't it? It is. And that's, it also speaks to the power of your, not just your story, but all of our stories. And that's actually why I think podcasts have taken off because um, everyone does have a voice and a story to tell that does affect somebody you don't even expect. And so you're like, oh, this is just me. I'm just a normal person. But I think people don't realize how much what they have to share really can affect people for better or for worse. And I, I feel like I mean, you're doing spirit, you're doing the work, you're, you're being of service to the spirit world just by existing and being a good person, but also you personally, what you are doing by speaking and sharing, I think you didn't anticipate would touch so many people and resonate with so many people. And Absolutely people not. I, I, 
I was floored when I was getting random Facebook messages and texts from all over the country and outside of this country. Because I, I, I don't watch other NDE videos. It's, it's still really hard for me to watch other people's NDE videos. Um, and I just, I just, I'm not drawn to it. It's, it's, it's kind of odd. I don't. Why, why do you think that is for you? I don't really know. I think just, I just don't, I don't care to watch them and it's not like being arrogant. I just, yeah. I don't, I, it doesn't make me feel comfortable. I just like, oh, I don't, it's not my, I don't know. I don't have an interest in it. Right. And I, it's funny. I know a lot of people we've talked about. It. I, I know many, many people and I don't mind it being live at all but like youtube videos and then generally i'm not going to sit there and really watch anything on youtube yeah. to begin with but the amount of people that reached out across the country and globally was was absolutely shocking i was like oh my god like i didn't think because i didn't i didn't know but you know i'm really easy to find or a bad thing yes. i don't know but I've Googled you. I, and, because that, and that really, that was really special of, of, of going off on such special moments. Yeah. I've had some really special moments with people that I connect from that could be in Australia or sitting in a small town in the Midwest that, you know, they lost a son or daughter tragically or, or something. And they said, Hey, this resonated and it helped me. And that's really what pushes me to speak about this is that there's always, if, if I can help one person, that's my goal. And that's it. That's why I do it. Because it's tough to speak. I mean, I, it was really difficult. It's gotten easier for me to, to do it over the years. But I put myself out there to help others because it is so niche. And being in the near-death experience community, there's a lot of trauma out there. There's a lot. Of, it, it's a very difficult situation. There's a lot of energy and emotion behind it. And you know, being a resource for people out there and having been in a really difficult situation myself, I, I understand that hey, that one person you can talk to that you can't talk to anyone else. Yeah, I get it. I, I say no more. Say no more. That's it. Yeah. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm very active in life and I have a lot of layers and social groups and things I do. And I could say my entire NDE community is really so special. And, you know, you've met a lot of, we have a lot of mutual friends and people you've spoken with and they're really so fantastic. I, I globally, they're just so connected, so fantastic. And there's a mutual understanding and it's really so beautiful. And that's been so special as well. The other NDE experiencers where there's a common thread between us and it's just, it's just special. You know, I don't, you don't have the language for it. It's so unique to find a group that, oh yeah, we all died. And, you know, like I know. You sit in these meetings and like everyone says their name and what happened to them. And it's just like, oh my God, it's like a final destination movie. He died that <laughs> way. She died that way. I'm like, oh my God, this is like so creative of how everyone's dying. Um, so I, I don't know. There's funny moments and I just, I love everyone. They're so fantastic. And you've spoken with them and I'm sure more will be on your show. And they're all really beautiful, beautiful people. So, I agree. And that's why I'm so honored to be a part of it because it's just people who really understand. And obviously they're human. Everyone has their faults. They're not perfect, but they're just people who, to me, I feel like they just really get what life is really about. And they're forgiving and tolerant. Not obviously there are exceptions that people are people, but it just feels like 
people who really understand that we're here to love one another, to make this world a better place. Um, and, and that really just that we're all souls. It's just having that knowledge kind of gives them a little bit more insight into why we're really here. And actually that was going to be my last question. Understand the question is, it is tongue in cheek, but Chris Keto, according to you, what is the meaning of life? You know, I don't know that answer. I'm not going to know if I'll ever know that answer in this lifetime or any lifetime. But the best way I can answer that is I live with gratitude. And I think the most important aspect other than being grateful is kindness. And I feel if that, if we focus on that on an individual level, families, communities, everything else will take care of itself. And I, that's what I think the question is. It's what should we focus on? I, I'm not concerned with what the meaning is. That's beyond me. And I could care less. I'm going to just make sure that whatever, whenever I do something, I'm going to do it my best. I'm going to help others and I'm going to try and move that needle, even if it's a little bit, you can barely see it to make wherever I am or where I go or who I interact with in a better position. And if we all did that, oh, this place would look so different. Exactly. And that's the thing. We're all these tiny grains of sand, but all together we can form a beautiful beach. <laughs> and that's kind of, I agree with you that kindness and love. And that is specifically why I tend to gravitate towards near-death experiencers, because that tends to be the focus. There's a lot of compassion within the community. There's a lot of kindness, um, understanding, and just general humanity that I want to see everywhere. I want us all to, I want us all to be that way, but I know that's, that's, that's a big challenge. But it does give me hope to meet people like you, to hear your stories. And I know that by telling your story, you are doing the same for so many people and probably without knowing it. And sometimes I'm sure people have told you it's may maybe even saved their lives when they were in a dark place. So uh, thank you for, for what you do, just for being a good person. And thank is there anything else that you want to say to people? Is there anything else you want people to know? No, I just want to thank you, Shannon, for taking time to put this on and go through everything and make yourself vulnerable and put yourself out there in the public space to have these discussions that aren't always the easiest. And they are a little bit, you know, we'd say on the fringe of society in some cases, and everyone might not want to discuss. And I really appreciate that because there are plenty of other things that would be much easier to discuss and they'd be much easier to get going. And, you know, you do, you do a fantastic service and I really appreciate you spending Valentine's day with me doing a zoom meeting. Likewise. Thank <laughs> I you love so it. much. I wouldn't have it any other way, but I would way. not you're, either. You're my Valentine. We're, we're, you're we're my each Valentine's other's Valentine. You're my Valentine. You're my Valentine's. Thank you so much for being my Valentine's date um, and for being here and for those very kind and very, heartfelt, meaningful. That really means a lot. And I, I feel, I thank you for all the same. I just think, yeah, it is. I know there are people out there that are like, what is, what is this phase she's in? And it's like, no, this is my new, this is who I am now. And I always will be. And um, fortunately people have been very kind, but it is, it is a lot to put yourself out there as, as a spiritual Absolutely. person in a world that's greatly focused on the 3d world. And it's okay because I, you know, it's, 
we, we find our people. And thank you for being one of mine. Thank you again. Thank you.